Hello and welcome to the Still Space Podcast. I'm your host, Executive Coach Mary Lee Gannon, where my guests and I share fun and simple strategies to manage yourself so that you can show up the way you want in work relationships in life and not default to past behaviors that leave you disappointed. The Still Space is where you learn to take an intentional moment to challenge habitual assumptions that hold you back with enlightened truths that boost your genius. We transform drama, resentment, doubt, unmet expectations, and self-sabotage to executive presence, self-control, deep sleep, healthy choices, and more connection with people who matter while it still matters. It's time. I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and get any of my free publications at my website, maryleegannon.com, where you can also learn more about working with me. Hi there, it is the holiday season and I hope for you and the people that you care about, this is an exciting season full of all kinds of wonder and joy and discovery and family celebrations and all the things that come with it. Sometimes, however, it's good to be prepared for what might come up that we didn't expect. And today I'm talking about mindful holiday tips, dealing with stress, difficult family members, and grief. And I'm also going to throw in some tips on setting New Year's resolutions. You know, we've all had lots of holidays And we've all experienced great times, and there's also pressure associated with the holidays. Sometimes just thinking about a holiday can make you dread it, and that's okay. Then sometimes you end up feeling guilty because you think you should be happy when all you feel is overwhelmed or sad. What exactly are you feeling in these moments? Are you anxious? that you'll never get everything done, people will be disappointed, family members won't get along, you'll let yourself and others down. See, naming these feelings helps to diffuse that angst that comes with them. Are you sad? Maybe you're sad that someone you love won't be there. Someone you love has died and will be missing at the table this year. Are you angry that someone you care about didn't prioritize being with you? Angry that someone has died and won't be there? Are you excited that everyone is coming to your house, but that puts the pressure on you? Are you regretful that you don't deserve to be happy because of something you said, did, or experienced? Our holiday this year will be different. All of our kids aren't coming around this holiday. They have spouses and partners and friends that they're being with. So... One of our six children will be with us this year. And so, yes, that brings with it some disappointment, but also it calls on me to bring understanding to the situation because they have lives. They have other people in their lives. We were all together. Our whole big family was together in Thanksgiving. And we may not be together in space, but we will be together in spirit. And I think that understanding of that, but also allowing room for the disappointment. 
Is there some rejection there? Is there some feeling alone there? Sure. Allow that feeling to be present. Dig down, ferret it out, and allow it to sit and resonate with you so that now you can attach a different thought to it because the thought I could be attaching to this is, oh, they don't love us enough. They don't want to be with us. That's one thought. As we talk about this all the time, the human condition, feelings follow thoughts. But the thought that I choose to attach to the holiday this year is that everybody loves each other and we're all doing what we can to be together, whether that's on the phone or FaceTime in spirit, etc. It doesn't erase any of the feelings that are there just because we can't all be in physical space together. What would it be like if those negative thoughts and feelings didn't control you? Because that's what happens. We get married to these assumptions and expectations that we make and they let us down. What if you could automatically see through the sandstorm of chaos to a clear path of self-acceptance, a view that completely changes how you see your world, see this holiday, see how you operate and show up? It might be difficult at first, what I'm going to talk about. It might make you uncomfortable until you master it. It might even scare you. But see these thoughts and feelings for what they are. Anxiety, sadness, anger, being excited, regret, guilty. They're feelings. They're energy. They are not edicts. Allow them to be present and honor them. Most of them are expectations that lead to perfectionism. So a lot's expected of me. I better just have the right present. I better make the right meal. I better wear the right outfit. I better have the house nice and tidy and perfect. That is when we know we're on the treadmill to nowhere, when we're trying to overcompensate for the discomfort that we don't want to feel and let it resonate with us. So while I'm running away from, I'm sad, I'm disappointed, I'm busying myself and getting more anxious because I just can't sit down and allow myself to process what's in my imagination. And that is that everybody isn't going to be together on Christmas this year. And that makes me feel sad. It makes me feel disappointed, maybe even a little rejected. Hmm. Yeah. Let me process that for a minute. Deep breath. Yeah. And then insert the and, not but, and, and we all still love each other. We're all connected. See how this starts to open up the space a little bit? Let's review the human condition. We have thoughts and that thought leads to a story and that story might be, well, I'm not important enough. They don't really care about me. And what follows that is an emotion. And that emotion might be, oh, despair, rejection. And what's the action we take? We might lash out. We might say something that we regret. Either way, it's going to bring stress and more despair and more busyness and more discomfort. This is the C principle. SEA story leads to emotion, leads to action. 
this isn't fair. That's a story. The emotion might be anger, and then the action might be blame it. Well, it's their fault. They don't like us enough, blah, 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 all that nonsense that we tell each other. The story might be, I really miss this person. And the emotion that follows is, I'm really frustrated that they died so early, or they're not here. And then the action might be to beat ourselves up emotionally over what we've done that may have contributed to this. Well, I just don't deserve to be whatever. How do we completely change how we see our world, operate, how we show up? We start by naming the emotion. Anger, sadness, regret, anxiety. And then we rewrite the story. That's where the power is in starting with the story. Because it's just a story. A story is energy. It's energy. It's not a fact. It's a story. Change the story. And that change thought might be, I see love this holiday. I have to tell you, I have been watching so many Netflix Christmas movies that you just can't help but laugh and smile. And they're very simple and they're very one dimensional, but they are so relieving. They are so fun to watch. And now we're talking about them in my office. We're laughing about them. The ones that are really funny, the ones that are definitely not family oriented and just all of them. I see love this holiday. I see people giving smiles to each other, taking care of each other. And the emotion that follows that is gratitude. And the action is reaching out. I'll tell you a quick story. Most of you know that I'm the president by day of a hospital foundation. And just yesterday, a woman walked into my office with an envelope in her hand and tears in her eyes. And she said, and I hope I'm not going to cry when I tell you this. She said, I want to make a donation in honor of my brother-in-law. He's been on life support for six weeks. We made the decision this week to take him off life support later this afternoon. And the last gift he received was the poinsettia that you all delivered to our room because the foundation has a poinsettia for patients program. That was the last gift he received and it brought him such joy. And then the family took it home for infection control purposes. He couldn't have it in the room. The family took it home where they don't have a Christmas tree because they've been at the hospital the last six weeks. And it's the only Christmas decoration we have. Now, something like that is love. I see that all around me. And these stories are around you too. If you're open, if you've honored that sadness or whatever is in the way, that emotion that you're running from that's chasing you down like a nipping chihuahua, Honoring that emotion allows you to release it. So let's talk about 11 mindful tips for the holidays. And these are my best tips that I have. I have a tip sheet on this. It's the first one is be realistic. Commit to no expectations or assumptions. Make no assumptions. Don't be looking for the worst be looking for love because that's who we are in our souls. We are love. Number two, be gentle with yourself. Commit to no perfectionism. We don't need to be perfect. Done is better than perfect. Done is better than perfect. We are going to, my family, uh, my husband, I and my son are going to Hilton Head for the holidays and 
We didn't set up a Christmas tree in our home in Pittsburgh because we're going to be, uh, the day of Christmas, we're going to be at Hilton Head. And I thought, oh, well, should I put up a Christmas tree anyway? The three of us will be here up until a certain day. And then I thought, no. And my husband, my German-born husband, is very matter-of-fact, said, well, do we even need one in, in Hilton Head? Like, <laughs> yes, yes, Arnie, we are going to put up a Christmas tree in Hilton Head. But so you, you have to let go of some things. Maybe you're experiencing the loss of somebody. Maybe it's time to change up the tradition this year. No perfectionism. Number three, keep your regular routines. Do your exercise. Do your pet walking. Do your meditation. Do what mindful routines that I always encourage my clients to have in their daily practices. For me, that's meditation, it's yoga every morning, it's drinking a very slow glass of water, remembering that there are lots of people in the world who can't even swallow, and noticing how that water is going down the back of my throat and appreciating my body. These practices, don't forego them over the holidays. These are what keep you grounded. Mindful tip number four, think moderation, limit alcohol. That's not going to help you feel better. That's a numbing agent. Limit time with toxic people. I'm going to show you a way to deal with toxic people in a minute here. Limit food. Think moderation. Don't eat your sorrows away. Don't drink your sorrows away. Don't smoke your sorrows away. Don't gamble your sorrows away in any other vice. Think moderation. Number five, don't be alone if you don't want to be alone. So if you live alone, there are people out there who are also alone. Maybe you just give them a call. Maybe you invite them over. Maybe you bring something and leave it on their porch. That's connectedness. They don't have to be right with you in your face to be connected with them. Number six is stay connected. I love dropping off cookies at fire stations or local EMS, calling an old friend, calling someone who I know is alone. Stay connected. Number seven, process emotions. Imagine what it would be like if you could just unzipper your body and let all of that negativity out. That's what processing emotions is. Ask yourself what you are feeling when you're stuck when you're angry, when you're upset, when you're confused. What am I feeling here? Because when you are confused and stuck and in a state of unrest, there's some emotion reaching out to you to be processed that you're avoiding. Number eight, drop the fantasy of how things ought to be. Focus on today, not yesterday. Forget the Norman Rockwell portrait and the one-dimensional pictures and Christmas cards and movies that you see where everybody's happily ever after. Those are stories. Stories, remember? Stories are fiction. So are those thoughts you're telling yourself in your head that, oh, I'm not going to have a happy Christmas. That's fiction. Those are stories. Focus on the moment. Number nine, prioritize and ask for help. If you are suffering, reach out to someone, call a hotline, talk to a friend, talk about the emotions, talk about the uncomfortable nature of how you're feeling, share it, write it down, journal. 
Don't leave it stuck in there. Remember, unzipper the body and let it out. It's not meant to be stuffed in there. Love is in there trying to be seen, trying to be felt, trying to be tasted and heard. Number 10, practice gratitude. Make a list of what you appreciate. There's so much wonder in the world and so much that we have to appreciate. And I think every moment since it happened yesterday of that family who is having to pull the cord on life support on their loved one shortly before Christmas. We have much to be grateful for. And here's this family in all of their despair being grateful that we brought a poinsettia to their loved one. They found the silver lining. We are called to do the same. Number 11, don't lose sight of what really counts. What counts is your love, your love and acceptance for yourself your love and acceptance of others just as they are without any expectations, without assumptions, without perfectionism. You're able to do that. That's within your control. And now I want to share with you tips on how to deal with difficult people or family members over the holidays. Who doesn't have that? The aunt that's going to show up with all kinds of expectations, could be mother-in-law, mother, father, father-in-law that has too many expectations or assumptions, people that are moody. Hey, it happens. We're all human. We're trying to do the best we can, but some people are trying a little harder and some people are nailing it and some people aren't. So here are five tips for dealing with a difficult family member. Number one, and this really works, give them something to do. Give them something very specific to do as soon as they show up. Oh, I'm so glad you're here. I really need your help with this. Keep them busy. They'll feel important. Tell them how important it is that this get done by them. And this reinforcement of their ego will help them stand down. But you have to think ahead of time. What is that going to be? Number two, accept that person fully as they are. This lets go of the resistance that you have with them. You don't need to be right. Let them be right. Let them be right. If you need something from them, such as affirmation or to be right, they control you. And this is hard because when somebody comes at you, it's your natural instinct to rise up and defend yourself. Maybe in this case, defending yourself means doing nothing. Nothing. Smile. Yes. No, you don't need to be right. You're just observing. Become the fly on the wall, watching yourself and watching them. Number three, don't take the bait. Remind yourself ahead of time of their patterns and be prepared not to react. Practice laughing, looking away, smiling without speaking. This practicing of this ahead of time works. Number four, let that person be right. No arguing. You're not going to win, right? Because you haven't been yet. You won't win and it's not worth it. What do you win? You win getting upset. You win upsetting yourself. What kind of a win is that? You don't want to do that. 
You don't want to have angst. You want to, don't want to be angry. You don't want to be worried. Just observe them like you're watching those fun Netflix movies. Just have them be a character in this movie that you're watching. And you might find that it's amusing. And number five, no expectations. You don't need to be right. You want to get it right. I'm going to expect nothing from this person. They may show up with their hair on fire. No expectations. Now I'd like to talk a little bit about coping with grief at the holidays, especially for people who have lost someone in the last year. The holidays are a day, right? Or a season that may be a a few days. This is a time, a slice of life. And be very aware of your expectations and the assumptions that you're putting on yourself. Because if you gauge your holiday by who's not at the table or how it sizes up against a Christmas card or a movie or a commercial or somebody else's holiday. Remember, these are all one dimensional. Don't kid yourself. Everybody is dealing with something in their own way. So we don't expect to be like anybody else. As a matter of fact, we're happy when other people are joyous. We're happy for them. We step into their joy and experience that with them instead of being jealous and wondering where ours is. Ours is right there with them. If they're happy, you're happy. We are all connected in one way or another. Here's a couple of very specific tips. Number one, surround yourself with people who love and support you. If that's a call to a friend, if that's going and being with friends, taking an invitation from somebody who included you, surround yourself with that love. The world is full of love for you. Don't discount that. You're not victimized here. The world is full of love for you. Grief is part of life. Death is part of life. It's going to happen to all of us. Aging is going to happen to all of us. Sickness happens to a lot of us. People die and it's sad. Allow for that sadness to be present and start thinking of new thoughts that serve you. Number two, Don't isolate yourself. Despite the temptation, try to avoid canceling the holiday. And this is really important because you think you just can't get through it. I just can't get through it. It's not getting through it. It's loving yourself and others on a day, maybe two days, maybe five days, maybe seven days, It is loving yourself and others despite anything that has happened or is going on around you. And why? Because you are love. You are love. People are love. That's why we're made. That's why we exist. We are tribal. We care about each other. That's how we thrive when we're connected. Number three, allow yourself to feel joy. Don't feel guilty if you're actually happy. If you see something that makes you smile, allow yourself to feel sad or angry. 
Allow yourself to grieve in your own way. It's okay. It's okay. Allow those emotions to run through you like a stream flying by. And you might have a really painful one that you want to put down on the stream, just like a leaf on a babbling stream. Put it down and allow it to flow by. Don't hold on to it. Don't grasp it. Release it. It's okay. Honor it, name it, and allow it to flow by. Give it 90 seconds, I guarantee you you're going to feel better. Do you know what the woman said to me that brought the cart into my office yesterday? Because we were all crying, everybody that works for me in my office, she was crying, I was crying, we were all crying. And she, before she walked out the door, she turned back and said, you know, crying makes you feel better. And we all said, yes, it does, because it's a release. Tears are rivers from the soul. It's a release. Number four, draw comfort from doing for others. Drawing a picture for somebody, sending a note, dropping off cookies. This gives us purpose. Number five, prioritize your self-care. Avoid alcohol. Avoid the hustle. Avoid the bustle. Get exercise. Write in a journal. Buy something frivolous for yourself, even if it's a really expensive cup of coffee just because. And number six, start a new tradition. Celebrate in a new place. Announce that someone new will carve the turkey. Start a memory book that everyone writes in what you're grateful for each year. I have one of these in my house. I started it years ago. And on Thanksgiving, we get it out and everybody writes what they're grateful for. You could do it on any holiday. And it's really special to me because my father has passed away and I love looking back through it and seeing his handwriting and seeing what he wrote, which was always about us. Or light a candle in honor of a loved one, a special candle. Maybe it's a candle you get out every year. Maybe it's going to a place of religious worship and lighting a candle. Now we're going to talk about the new year. I think resolutions are ghastly. I think they are notions that never get followed through. And by the end of January, people are feeling like, oh, I'm just inept. I can't get anything done. Resolutions don't work unless they're tied to your values and a plan. So don't beat yourself up for the fact that you can't set a good resolution. I call what I'm going to read off to you here, setting resolutions. These are about you. Number one, write down your resolutions. Write them down on a piece of paper and tape them to your monitor, your desk, the wall, somewhere where you're going to see it every day. My clients keep goals in uh, a flow on the go guide and they set these things up as intentions and mantras so they they look at them every single day number two define what you will let go of think about that define what you will let go of not just what you will do but what you will let go of But also, number three, define what you will do. Okay, so you've got two things here. I want to do this, this, and this in the coming year. But in order to do that, I know that I have to 
set this aside. And it's usually a mindset. Might be an expectation, might be an assumption, might be uh, regret, might be grief and the way that you're processing it at the moment. It might be guilt. How do we let go of these things that we drag around with us like a ball and chain? We honor them. You know what? I feel guilty. I feel regret. I feel grief. And I'm going to allow this to flow through me and draw a healthy boundary around myself and not identify with this, whatever it is. It could be a wound from the past. It could be a feeling. I'm not going to identify with this anymore. I'm going to identify me with me at my best state, not at my worst. That's a choice. Number four, shore up a financial safety net. Now that could be maxing out your 401k, uh, committing to saving, purchasing things at a place that are more it's more economical for you but sure up a financial safety net so that you are not living paycheck to paycheck to paycheck make sure you have your future secure so that you're not afraid of what retirement might look like sure up that financial safety net number five put a mirror on your desk and Watch what you look like when you talk on the phone. Are you smiling? Because if you smile, the person on the other end of the phone is really going to enjoy speaking with you. If you don't, I don't know. And if you're in any kind of sales-oriented profession, smiling will help you come across as a content and satisfied soul. Somebody that actually other people want to talk to, get to know, spend time with. Number six, tame your head trash, that nonsense that goes on in your head, those thoughts, those stories we talk about, by labeling the root feeling, being curious, and affirming that the feeling is okay. It's okay for me to feel sad. It's okay. I'm not going to beat myself up over this. No guilt. Mindfulness tells you no judgment. I have my clients pick one word for the year. And what would your word be? My word this year is either, I'm still teetering back and forth between gentle and easy. Gentle and easy. I just want to be gentle and easy with others, with myself, with my goals. I ride myself very hard because I work very hard. What is your word for the year? What is your, that's number seven, pick your one word to describe your intention for the next year. Post it where you will see it and put an anniversary date on it. By 12-31-23, I will blah, 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 blah. One word. Number eight, build your self-awareness by working from the inside out. Self-awareness is I'm going to become very good at going for that emotion, naming that emotion being aware of how I am feeling and how it's affecting my behavior, the choices that I'm making when I feel this way. That's self-awareness. Who are you no matter where you're seated at the table? Are you feeling assured in yourself? Or do you feel like you always have to help others to have value? 
sort of rescuing other people? Or do you feel victimized all the time? Or do you find that sometimes you're a little bully-like? I, I need control. It's okay. No judgment. Just be aware of what you're doing and what feeling is preceding that. Because preceding that feeling is some story you're telling yourself that is fiction. It is not an edict, not a fact. We're going to think of another story. Slow down and name what you are discovering. That slowing down, that acceptance is flow. Number nine, invite compassion into your heart intentionally. So there are people out there who are trying to be nice to you, do things for you. Do you allow them? Do you let that in? Do you feel that gratitude? Or do you turn away from it thinking, oh, I'm not comfortable with that, which really means I don't think I deserve it. I don't want to acknowledge it. I don't even want to go there. Invite it in. Invite that compassion into your life. And when you feel that, you'll actually want to give it out tenfold. Give it to yourself too. Be compassionate with yourself. Be kind to yourself. Number 10, start a gratitude journal. This will help you release expectations and center in the present moment. Write one thing you're grateful for each day. My clients in their flow on the go guide that I have as part of my executive coaching program, they just have one line on their flow on the go, then they write, what am I grateful for today? It might be a person. Even if you just write down one word, but you keep a journal of what you're grateful for, it forces you every day to move from the perspective of, oh, these bad things are happening to me to, oh, these good things are also happening to me. Number 11, simplify by scheduling systems into your life. And by this, I mean, maybe one night is a bookkeeping night. Maybe one night is laundry night. Maybe there's a grocery shopping day. Maybe there's an expenses analysis time once a month. Maybe there's date night, monthly measurement of key indicators in your work. These processes and systems, and my staff and I are very big on this. This is how we don't let things slip through the cracks. This is how we anticipate, which is a huge part of leadership, anticipate what needs to be done before we even see it because we have a system in place that reminds us that we need to do this at this time of year. These systems help you sleep better because you don't have to always be worrying about what am I not doing that I need to be doing? It's already scheduled into a process and into a system. So simplify by scheduling systems. And you think, oh, I don't want to take the time to do that. If you don't, you're not simplified. You're multifaceted stressed. Simplify by scheduling systems. And number 12, plan one big leap that you will take this year. For me, that leap this year was this podcast. A couple of years ago, a podcast was a notion for me. I thought, oh yeah, I'm going to start a podcast. And I brought that into my yearly plan and I had not t tied it to any systems or processes. And finally, at the end of uh, last year, beginning of this year, I met somebody who was starting a group that helped people start podcasts. And I said, I'm in. 
because that really meant I had to do it. And this is what happens when people get a coach. They sort of think, oh, I can do it. I'll just do it without a coach and nothing's happening. And then when they actually make the commitment, they're not making the commitment to that coach. They're making the commitment to themselves to stop sitting back and having a default life and from a passive perspective where things are just going on around them and they're not getting what they want, not doing what they want, not feeling what they want because nobody's holding them accountable or shepherding them and showing them the way. So I made the commitment that I had to do the work to figure out how to do a podcast. And I had to show up on the calls and I had to do all the behind the scenes work and I did it. And now I have a podcast and the biggest reward for me over the year has been people reaching out and say, I listen to your podcast. I can't wait for it to come out every week. That is gold for me, knowing that it's helping people and they're appreciating it. That's why I do this. This is why I coach. This is why I do the podcast, because I want your life to be full of ease and flow and love all the things that are intrinsic to who you are. So as the holidays are approaching, I'm coming to a close on this podcast. I want you to know that I will be thinking of you this holiday. I will be praying for you and your loved ones, friends and family. I will be constantly thinking of new ways that I can serve you because that's what I feel that I'm called to do. And if you're heading into the new year and you want to start off on a foot that's going to bring you dramatic transformation and change, send me an email. I'm here to work with you. I don't work with a lot of people. I can only take a few people at a time because I have a full-time CEO role by day, but I coach in the late afternoons and early evenings. I'm happy to have a conversation with you about that. And let's get you where you want to be. Happy holidays to all of you. Wishing you health safety, and wellness. Bye-bye for now. I have something really special that I can't wait to share with you. Most of you know that I work by day as the CEO of a $31 million organization, and I coach a handful of clients in the evening. Now I have taken the tenets of mindful leadership and put that into a training program so that you can fast track your career leadership while also balancing that with a good night's sleep, healthy eating habits, and close relationships. I call this program Mindful Leader Satisfied Life. Not only will you have the training, you also get one-on-one coaching with me, not a group, one-on-one coaching with me so that we can unravel your personal assumptions that are holding you back. You will no longer be unnoticed, undervalued, and inadequate, feel judged, and that others think that there's something wrong with you and you start thinking there's something wrong with you too because you're getting passed over for promotions, new roles, no longer doing all the things you hear you should be doing. Sigh of relief, right? With only defeat and the fear that failure is in your DNA forever dogging you in the back of your mind. You'll no longer be disconnected from colleagues, friends, and family, or following the shoulds that make you feel you're still behind the curve and might even lose everything altogether. No longer frustration about habits that show up in terms of snacking, disjointed relationships, vices, poor sleep. No longer making excuses while not actually getting any closer to high performance. So if you're interested in this program, all you have to do 
is go to my website, maryleegannon.com. Click on the link on the top that says Coach with Mary Lee. It explains all about the program. Fill out a few questions on the questionnaire so that I know a little bit more about you and I'll reach right out to you and we'll set up a time to talk and we'll get you started. No longer will you have to wake up and say, I missed an opportunity. I wish I had. Please remember that I can only take a few clients at a time and I already have a full book right now. So I'd like to make sure that you're on the list. Head over to maryleegannon.com. Click on Coaching with Mary Lee. Let's get started. I'm glad you were with me today and I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and get any of my free publications at my website, maryleegannon.com where you can also learn more about working with me.